Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej. <gasps> hey, Chris. How are you doing this week? Oh, you know, it was a wild week. Well, it was wild. The weather was crazy. For those of you who are not in Utah, it it has just snowed. Yeah, so the first part of the week, it was like up to our knees, snow just dumped overnight, craziness. And then now, like I have a little bit of a sunburn from walking outside today. And it's like nice, it's in a, like a little crop top thing and... Ah. I don't know. Wondering it's if it's wild. fake spring or not. I hope. Right, you have to like hold on yeah. one more, two more weeks to see if it sticks around. At this point, I really hope it's fake spring. Or it's a real spring, not fake spring. We have enough water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they had like closed down some canyons. They yeah. interlodged folks up at the ski resorts. This yeah. is nuts. This is the most snow on record, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know how far back the records books go, but it's been a lot. It's the most I've ever seen since I've been here. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy times. All right, Miss Jeech. Yeah. What is the most millennial thing that you've done this week? Oh, this is an easy answer. I had this one locked and ready to go. So last Sunday, <laughs> I was able to virtually attend the gender reveal party of a podcaster I know. And I, um, friend of the pod and friend of the life, uh, Sarah, who you might remember from the therapy mm-hmm. episode, um, came. The mental health episode. The mental health uh-huh. episode. Thank you. Um, she came over and watched it with me. The podcaster is Kate Kennedy of At Be There in Five. Um, it's the best podcast. It's, I think she's a great personality. And it, it kind of struck me this week. It's a little bit weird that we, have such like parasocial relationships sometimes with like these people that like I was genuinely so excited for her when to find out like she was pregnant all like all the pieces along her journey and it feels like a friend it feels like we were there celebrating a friend um she also announced her second baby which is her birth her book oh no her book (laughs) which is coming out in January it's called once in a millennial go pre-order it it's very cute. <laughs> I feel like as a as a follow on to the Taylor Swift episode, yeah. we must address the news of the week. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about what you, the most millennial thing happened to you this we'll, week. We'll come back there. I've okay. already I've already okay. taken us to a place. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about Mr. Joe? Oh. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Taylor, it was announced by E.T. and then followed shortly by people that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn have broken up. Dun, dun, dun. How do you feel about it, Gigi? I mean, I kind of always figured there was some aspect of, like, PR relationship to it. So I don't know if it, like, rocked me quite in the way it did other people. Um, Does she need to be knowingly and or visibly single to write her next album that's probably already written? No, I think like with, we, you know how we talk through the eras? <laughs> like two of them, the folk porn Everlore. Nope. Folklore and Evermore ones. She like said that she was writing them about other people and other stories and I think in a lot of I think there's some stuff about her in her real life but I think she was able to tap into like storytelling a little bit more which was kind of fun so I think she's capable of like writing not from her own experience but like an imaginated imaginated one (laughs) (laughs) oh no imagined there we go imagined (laughs) circumstance that maybe is not her experience yeah. with the layer. Yeah. So Very I th- I do I think that there's like pieces behind the scenes that we're not seeing or considering. Yes. Do I think um time will tell? Yes. I, I those of you who know me know I have my own theories. And if you're down to gossip, you know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We had to address that. Okay. So I thank made you. sure that we thank addressed you. it. It's this week in Swifty News. Yes, <laughs> a new segment for the pod. Yes. This week in Swifty News. Christopher. Yes. What is the most millennial thing that happened to you this week? Um, I feel like I really just leaned into my Marie Kondo th- today with you. Oh, you did. I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm proud that I remembered who Marie Kondo was because yes. I'm bad with names. Um, but she's, for some reason, she's the one that got to own the min- minimalist lifestyle for the short minute it stuck around in its like peak. Obviously, it's still around, probably for some folks. But uh, Gigi and I are are kind of getting things situated to to make our way up to our new destination in life, and where new uh, life milestones are taking us. And we're cleaning out closets, and just without thought, I was like, I haven't used this stuff for years. I don't even want to look at it. It's all getting donated and or thrown away, depending on what it was. Yeah. So no issues there. I'm very proud of you. And like her main tenant or one of her big tenants is like, if it doesn't bring you joy, don't keep it. And so I'm proud of you for like getting rid of so many things that you're like, maybe there's like some utility to it, but is it really, is that really the energy we want to bring in? Yeah. I think I need to go, um, maybe reignite those things again and if that is something i want to go pursue or things that i i just had clothes that i had no clue were sitting around i always wondered what were in the mystery boxes it it, it's it's like it was secrets it was old ratty gym clothes (laughs) 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 and odds and ends of stuff i haven't seen for a handful of years So yeah, that's uh that that was probably my most like relatable millennial thing this week. Um that's a good all right. one. So today. Ooh, I'm so wait. Do you wanna guess? Preface it? Do you wanna guess? I can't okay. So Chris would not give me any hint about the podcast this week. He did tell me that it was something I would relate to, and he's been like being like talking about having this topic for a while like he's been mentioning he knows what he wants to do to the podcast for the last little bit and that it's a little heavy but you're going to try to not make it so heavy yep so those are the three clues i have um okay my guess is a personal personal devastation moment when i was growing up was the closing down of the borders books and music in our town because that place had everything. So is it the closing of nostalgic retail stores? No, but that's a great topic. <laughs> I'll give you two more. Two more. I don't know if I can. You can't make two more. more. I don't know if I can. What is it? All right. Um, I'm going to say this first. Uh, Jillian and I have no desire to tell anyone what to do with their lives tell anyone how to do with their lives, anything like that. When it comes to uh, observations of life, observations of those things that are around you, um, what makes you happy, what makes you unhappy, those are your things to go experience and to learn and to figure out the things that are there. By no means do Jillian and I want to, um, I guess, promote anything around uh, American politics or things that happen within the zeitgeist of American politics. And so to that point, I just wanted to sit there and put that out there for everyone. Me personally, I'm, I know our brand is not to talk about uh, things that are a little bit heavier, but uh, I've had a lot on my mind uh, as of late. I haven't enjoyed uh, what limited stuff I let into my life news wise and um, having grown up in Tennessee I'm very ashamed mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. what happened in Tennessee this week Yeah, um, it makes me very sad I'm going to try to keep it together here oh, sweet baby. but more and more it seems like we need something different and or How do I say this? I think everyone wants something different. It's a matter of which direction you want that different to go. 
is kind of what America feels like to me right now. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so there is an approach where you can go face it and you can go like try to wrestle with it, try to do things that you think will actually make things better for you in your life or better for others in their lives. Yeah. And or there's a condition that people are more and more uh, overtaking of opting out. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. <gasps> we're going to talk about expatriating. Oh, wow. I never would have <laughs> thought this was the topic. <laughs> Chris, I'm very excited to talk about this today. Okay. So now that you know we're talking about expatriating. Yeah. What are your general thoughts? Where have you been when it comes to expatriating? And then we'll go talk about a handful of things that surround that topic. I think since around 2015, I have been ready to go. Definitely when 2016 hit, definitely ready to go. And since then, uh, kind of kind of the same emotions. I think, um, am I, should I talk like myself or should I talk like generally? Oh, you. you want? Oh, okay, okay. We don't have Perfect. sponsors. We don't have anything. You can do what you okay. want. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. Um, I think that... Two things that kind of bum me out about the United States is American, like, exceptionalism, where we think we're the greatest country in the world, but, like, statistically, we're not really first in a lot of good things. I'm not even it's near like the top of a lot of good things. Prison quantity. Yeah. And, like, like things you shouldn't be proud of, yeah, I guess, as a country, really right? Yeah, like, yeah, crazy things. Um, and But, yeah, we, like, tout this as, like, the greatest country in the world, um, so like that's kind of hard to see and second like I'm pretty tired of how this country treats its citizens that are not um, like there's a there's a groups of marginalized people all over and they are forgotten or their conditions are made worse um, by the systems we have in place and I'm tired of the bad system sticking around and no good ones taking place like yeah. taking its place I'm tired of the healthcare system I'm tired of the prison system um, I I'm, was very disappointed and just, especially lately, some of the court rulings, like you thought for a long time, like we were taught to believe, right? We have these checks and balances. And so essentially what happens is like the good things always get through and anything that is lopsided or, um, just like unfair should be caught somewhere along the way and we've just seen these like egregious things happening in high courts across the land um and it's just disappointing right i don't feel particularly safe or protected as a woman in this country right now um Mm -hmm. and i live in a state where things aren't great but they're not the worst yeah and i can't imagine what it's like living somewhere else i can't imagine what it's like to have to exist as a minority in america I can't imagine like there are some really hard things. Um, so yeah, I've, I know I'm not, not. The th- so this is, this is like, Jeej speaking yeah. for Jeej as Jeej, yeah, right? Exactly. I don't think that there's places where things are going to be perfect ever. I think every country comes with its own kind of unique set of, things you might disagree with or hardships but i think there are places that are doing it a lot better yeah than we are and um yeah i'm I'm very very open to the idea of leaving and trying it out somewhere else so i want to acknowledge that there's two sides to every story and i think in this scenario it's not necessarily two sides it's maybe more like a multi-sided dice yeah i do believe that there are people in other circumstances in other parts of the world where um, an American life is still up-leveling what their current opportunities can be. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily adhere to the exceptionalism of it all. Yeah. However, there are people that can up-level their lives if they are able to uh, make it to America. I I recognize that. I see that. Um, I think as I grow up and as I still like sit there and 
look and observe around me. I kind of chuckled to myself a little bit of how much I didn't observe at, at a younger age, how little like I like took in and understood. Yeah. At that point. Um, but yeah, I'm just seeing more and more things that I don't like. Yeah. And so when it comes to opting what I what I would call opting out, um I also recognize that not everyone's in a socioeconomic place in America to to make some of these uh decisions either. So right. I don't want to sit there and proclaim this is the way no. This is a way. It might not be a way. Yeah. However, um, it's something that keeps organically coming up to me uh, as I maybe consume social media, when I like am reading some news, when I'm talking to certain people and things like that. And when I call it expatriating is a big topic. However... Um, Mobility is maybe more of the theme of the expatriating that we want to talk about, right? Okay. Yeah. And so um, during COVID, uh, a demographic completely switched. And so uh, up into the uh, beginning of the COVID era of America, on the majority, people had moved to places of large economies, right? And so... People went to the New England big city areas for the opportunity that is there and the economy that's there, finance, other things of that nature. Uh, people go out west for the Silicon Valleys, the the Hollywoods of it all, uh, the Seattle, uh, another big enormous tech hub. People were going to metropolises of size so that they could um, potentially increase their socioeconomic opportunities that they had available to them. COVID came around and actually people started leaving these densely populated areas uh, of large economy. Yeah. And they found themselves disproportionately in some pretty polarizing, what have become pretty polarizing like destinations of America. Um, I believe... Tennessee, Florida, Texas owns the majority of cities and or areas that people moved in Arizona uh, uh, that people moved to from big cities during the COVID era. Wow. Right? Yeah. And when you uh, consider some of those states that I just mentioned, you can obviously under, you can obviously relate them to their, I guess, perpetual headlines of what makes them sit in the news yeah agree or disagree right doesn't doesn't matter they're they're hotbeds of of conversation currently and so a lot of people were opting out of what was sitting in front of them a lot of people are like you know what i'm tired of paying a house mortgage for a one bedroom in san francisco to work this job and so the circumstance of forced remote work created the scenario of oh, I don't have to do this anymore to have this job that I wanted or this job or opportunity that makes makes sense for me to progress my career. Yeah. And a lot of people opted out, right? So you're going to hear me say this again and again. So a lot of people opted out and they went to places that were maybe better weather for them, mm-hmm. better mentally for them, Yeah. better for them dollar-wise, better for them potentially family-wise. People probably moved back closer to family like COVID did a lot of things to people's minds that provoked them to go do things positively and negatively right and so there was this big migration that was against the traditional norms of America right right now I think what you what you're seeing is they're saying that people have some regret Mm. of potentially where they went to Interesting. When they went there and why they're there now. Same with jobs, right? There are so many people in the great resignation that ended up, found themselves in jobs that are like, "Ah, this paid more, but this is a worse job than what I had. Or 
found themselves with a great job that paid more. And unfortunately, it might have been a sector that was uh, disproportionately impacted by reductions in force and things like that, right? And so it it feels like no one can win (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if you get that feeling at all. Or that it's harder and harder or rarer. Ooh, I can't even say that. More and more rare. <laughs> rarer uh, and rarer. To win, even with the most like educated decisions yeah. that yep. that we make, right? It's almost like the Instagram formula. Like you think you haven't figured it out. It's like, okay, I have to post the stories and one reel <laughs> a day. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we need four static posts, two reels, three I need to be stories. posted at 5.02 in the afternoon to exactly. catch everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like when you figure it out, like everything changes and shifts. Right. Before it seemed like, um, just let's just take uh, mobility in America. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was to go pursue opportunity. Right. That's, right. I can only think of a handful of circumstances I knew when people, like when families didn't move for like a job, right? Yeah. And and I'd say if it wasn't for a job, one of the highest probabilities was we want to be near family. Right. So being a resident of Utah currently, I don't know how many times I hear that of we moved away, we went and did did our life away, and we just found ourselves wanting to move closer to family, and family is here, Utah, for a, a good group of people, yeah. right? This is long-standing multi-generational community now maybe not as old as some of the coastal places like that but it draws a lot of people back yeah um but what we'll see more and more is i in my personal opinion mine only no facts no numbers sorry everyone (laughs) is that you're actually going to find people not only needing to find their community online they they're going to start to want to find their community physically again so that they feel more comfortable when they are out and about in the reality of the community that they're in. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And yeah. so, well, expatriating is often like leaving America to go live in another country. Mm-hmm. I think just generally the mobility, what you'll see is people within the mobility of things, if they can, as uh, remote work potentially sticks around in some form with certain companies. You'll find people sit there and be like, ah, this, this is not my community anymore, or it never was, or I don't feel comfortable here anymore. Yeah. I do. You'll, the people that do have that option, they'll sit there and say, cool, where do I actually go feel more comfortable? And I think we're going to start seeing people kind of maneuver around the States a little bit. Interesting. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? We're actively doing this. Yeah, we are actively doing this for a lot of ways for the reasons that you kind of said. We want to feel more a part of our community, feel like we, um, like our opinions and thoughts are, are present in more than just a little bit um, of the community. We want to pay tax dollars and have it go to things that like we support and believe in. Yeah, so I absolutely agree. I I see that with us. I see that with like other people where they're just like, "Hey, love living here. It's not my place anymore." Yeah, especially as things are getting more and more like kind of polarized in places. That's exactly right. Yeah. I've, I there's no live and let live. Yeah, as much anymore, or as a fan of the pod, Evan would say, uh, people are yucking someone else's yum. <laughs> We love Evan. We love Evan. That's a great one. Right? But that's how we live. That's the, I'm sorry. Maybe this is a little bit more me. I don't want to put this on you. Very much live your life. As long as you're not affecting my happiness or my wallet, do you. <laughs> right? It's like I, I can respect that people make different choices, want to live differently, want to do all of those things. Whether I agree or not is is another thing, but like I'm never going to go sit there and interject myself to impose my moral compass on anyone else's life, actions, or outcomes, right? And so that's that's the way I still want to live my life, right? And so what we're finding is, um, and I think Americans are late to the game, by the way, on this, in 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 my research. Um, 
and we got a little taste of this when we went to Australia, yeah. right? Uh, someone told us the running joke in Australia is that Australians will actually go see more parts of the world outside of Australia before they even see like what Australia has to even offer completely. Yeah, they uh, I think there's like a, a witty way that they say that. I've forgotten how to say it, but they're like, People in Australia won't even make it to like another like city to go and explore it before they're like, that's it. We're out. We're going to Thailand. We're going to here. We're going to there. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I really think a lot of the uh, colonial British um, countries lead the way. And I think that's a function of a British passport or a recognized British. Uh, colonies of Britain I know they're less and less or commonwealths I guess for I don't know all of my like (laughs) legalities around the British Empire but um we met quite a few people in Australia that had immigrated from other British areas uh you've been to South Africa I imagine that there's a population of folks there that didn't want to be where they originated within the British colonial the old colonial uh territories there and so they lead the way so those folks who were within that system had a little bit of fluidity with their passports actually lead the way in expatriating however america's starting to catch up i want to like kind of go over some reasons why that would be but really wanted to sit there and like talk about us since this is a us (laughs) podcast (laughs) And how that looks, why that looks, what it is, and see if we actually match up to some things that are uh, just some major trends amongst people that choose to expatriate. Yeah, I love this. Take us down the path, Christopher. Okay. Um, Poor planning on my part. I should have charged my battery. But... The number one is the number one. So for Americans, the current majority of places that they go are Canada, Mexico, South America, Australia. All of those make a lot of sense. Right. Those are kind of the more major areas that uh, U.S. citizens will choose to expatriate to. Yeah. However, on on my social media and things like that, I don't know why I get fed as much travel content as I do. I think there's a lot of travel content just generally out there. Um, But some of mine's actually turning into, I've gotten van life out of my algorithm finally. (laughs) Van life was taken over for a while. I don't know if anyone else experiences that. Um, But I'm seeing on occasion folks are like, we moved to here and let's compare it to where we were in the u.s right and arguably where where they were in the u.s are are more expensive areas of the u.s right so it's all relative to where you are it's not me being like oh uh we're in dayton ohio where potentially it's a hair cheaper than if we lived in uh san francisco or manhattan or something like that yeah but there was this couple and this is what actually prompted this whole thing weeks and weeks ago because I saw this couple, they had moved to Naples, Italy. Ooh. And they're saving over, was it, I want to say they were saving almost $2,000 a month on just their living costs alone from moving to Naples, Italy versus living in San Diego where they were. That makes so much sense. Right? Yeah. Think about like the gas. Your Naples is like so walkable. There is, like, so much infrastructure built up, particularly in that area, um, Mm -hmm. to, like, support travel to bigger cities, to bigger hubs um, within the city. There's, you know, you you have these kind of almost like how we have, um, oh, my gosh, strip malls. There are, like, you can find the same kind of four sets of, shops kind of stamped around places where it's like okay perfect here's the pharmacy here's the place where i get the meat here's the place where i get the veggies um yeah so that makes a lot of sense and i don't know anything about rent there but even just like they they posted it was significantly less really yeah and and as millennials they weren't 
homeowners. Yeah. And so they were apartment uh, renters. Yeah. And so they just literally had a somewhat comparable apartment and it was significantly less, right? That's very interesting. And so a lot of people are starting to consider the arbitrage of the earning potential of dollars here in the States Mm -hmm. and using that for less American consumption elsewhere to actually save money. That's very, such an interesting thought. And so uh, that's the number one, that's one of the top reasons that I found. Like, it's all arbitrary. If you go to the internet, there's so many articles from so many different time periods. I try to get the most relevant one when I was looking at this. And granted, they went to some drastic areas of yeah you can go live in bangkok for for nothing it's like you absolutely can the bot to american like dollar conversion ratio is out of control um but i'm also fed uh digital nomad stuff a lot Mm -hmm. and so i get bali quite a bit and so um if y'all are unfamiliar a lot of the uh touristy islands of the greater like polynesia area uh rely on tourism for the majority of their gdp i didn't know that tourism makes up just so many dollars of their uh gross domestic product and so tahiti like fiji all of these like beautiful destinations that are fed to us that are not probably the funnest to get to those are some decent like plane rides and everything there and they're uh not cheap um bali in order to boost its economy back up they started giving five-year uh digital nomad visas wow where um as long as you signed up to like go live there for a period of time Mm -hmm. they wouldn't tax your income that was earned wow right and and some other benefits to to being uh a remote worker is essentially what they wanted there, right? Yeah. Because it's a little bit more permanent. You can understand that someone's going to consume while they're there. And so what I get fed a lot is a lot of people trying to teach you how to navigate Bali and show you how much cheaper it is to live in Bali than it is here in the States. They're like, you can absolutely spend money here, right? There are things that are expensive. But if you just make some conscious decisions, you can reduce your cost of living by thousands of dollars by moving to, to Bali. Yeah. Never been. Gorgeous. Like to go. Yes. Right. And so like cost of living, enormous, enormous driver for a lot of people. So when you sit there and think of like the millennial, the average millennial is what I'll say, because mm-hmm. I think we come in many different shapes and forms and uh, parental backgrounds, non-parental backgrounds, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Heavily laden with debt. Yep. Have a decent earning potential because they're, very educated mm-hmm. cost of living here just does nothing but continues to go up and or elude home ownership to go create equity right right and so if you feel doomed to not be a homeowner and not go and create equity or a nest egg and something that you own what do you care who we pay rent to yeah right yeah it's wild just to think about that because that's not that's not the America it was 20 years ago right. when things were I won't say attainable for all but it seemed like to be more attainable right. in the past right yeah okay uh, number two attractive job prospects believe it or not interesting um, many companies are actually hiring digital nomads that's cool And when I say digital nomads, uh, I think that it leans into highly educated tech specialties, um, but not entirely, right? You can go be an SEO specialist. You can go be a social media uh, specialist. You can just go be a digital entrepreneur. You can do a lot of things that aren't just like, I know the ins and outs of how to do cybersecurity around this company's products, et cetera, right? That's very, very specialized. But I think if you are in a position that the majority of your work can be done uh, through an internet connection and a computer, people are willing to actually go find that talent outside of their like office hubs Mm -hmm. or headquarters Mm -hmm. where they have a more traditional workforce. 
Right. That makes sense. Right. And so uh, I think it was this, it may have been last week. Um, so many countries are doing this. Germany is the latest to do it. Germany has um, relaxed their immigration uh, requirements for highly skilled non-German uh, residents and citizens just so they can get some the talent pool shored up for specialty interesting jobs right That's super interesting and so yeah. they actually just released a five-year green card for lack of a better term that's how the Amer- uh, americans would understand it yeah you don't even need to know german anymore wow like as long as you can qualify it's a multivariable like how you how you answer how you qualify yeah. but you could potentially qualify to get a five-year green card in germany without even speaking a, a lick of german that's wild well, we're in Australia, sitting across from the nice couples on the ferry. What did yeah. they do? Oh, you work in tech? You should work here. They're looking for people to work here. They are desperately looking for people to come work here is what they say, right? Yeah. And so, depending on your specialty, depending on your career and how that works, obviously it's not for every career. But more and more, we're a highly educated, concentrated uh generation of people here in America that could potentially go find ourselves having more opportunity, getting out from underneath that toxic boss that won't promote you, won't give you anything besides like a cost of living adjustment, all of those types of things. And more and more people are willing to be like, as long as you get your work done and you can make the few meetings that we need you on. Yeah. uh, We can do anything. Yeah. Now, Obviously, that comes to like their payroll, their ability to pay payroll, and things like that because taxes do exist still, right? But that's more and more as as we become uh, very educated, specialized uh, individuals. It's very much an opportunity for many people there. That's cool because that means it's cool in the other way too, right? Where mm-hmm. like places like maybe here we have like an overfill sometimes of specialized people in an area. Um, and it's cool that not only they can find something somewhere else, but maybe somewhere who doesn't have, they don't have as much tech infrastructure near them, they can go kind of plug and play into somewhere where there's more of it too. I really like that. That's cool. Exactly. Uh, number three says that millennials specifically are actually constantly looking for a better work-life balance. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, th- producer Ace, you, myself... It's not an every week occasion, but it seems more and more that one of the three of us is working well past five o'clock. Yeah. Somewhat consistently. Yeah. Given the period of time, what we're working on, what we're doing uh, at the company. And that that weighs on you. It does. Right? It does. Burnout's a real thing. It really is. Like, how many times have you been burned out in the last four years, G? You're on your third job in four years ish, right? Yeah. I think this is it all right yeah it's been there are some jobs that take like a really big toll on you and that kind of when you get to that burnout phase where you've like hit it and then you've tried to recover sometimes you can recover and be like okay like I feel like I've I've had that happen to me a few times sometimes you hit it and you're like that's it I I don't care about this job anymore I can't re-motivate myself to be happy here Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're saying that certain countries, um, American millennials are drawn to certain countries because those countries have the infrastructure that actually forces a work-life balance, right? And so Spain, uh, the Netherlands, Denmark were called out specifically as having the cultural, maybe it legal i'm sorry i don't know my international law for those particular countries but like spain has breaks during the day right they don't work 10 12 hours a day consistently through right and those types of things so people are like i just need a break from the american grind is what some folks are saying right and even um i've worked in offices with like um, remote employees, overseas employees, um, from us, and yeah, they get closer had, to Mike, please. Oh yeah, Thanks. they had so many other like extra holidays, right? Like bank holidays. I feel like 
were just abounded. Um, kind of compared to our holidays, there's also extra allowances. We I worked in, in a company where we talked to a lot of um, government-run agencies within a country, and they would just be closed for months in Europe sometimes. Like, you're like, you need the Archive of France to call you back? Like, I'm sorry, they're gone. They're gone all of August. And I think that's just, like, a lovely, lovely thing to be like, no. We recognize that, like, you need breaks. And, like, the body, we're not just put on this earth to work. Like, we need some time to enjoy as well. And you're not going to be punished for taking that time. Yeah, exactly. And I think not necessarily my current uh, employer. My current employer has actually been incredibly fair. But I know a common trope within uh, just employment in America is how can you do more with less? Yeah. How can you sit there and potentially try to sell more work? as a positive to someone's career, but there's no more pay. There's no more, um, benefit to being like, Hey, Steve left. Steve did all this particular work. We don't get a backfill for Steve. You know what? Jeej, we think that you are now ready to take on more responsibility, right? It it all comes this way. It's like ego massaging this, that, and the other, but there's never like, uh, and it comes with right. it doesn't no. right and no. i think that's company to company i won't say that's entirely the case uh but i would say it's a very common theme <laughs> that happens within the american like worker right and sometimes it's framed as like them doing you a favor it's like well this will help you grow in your career and you're like no you're just giving me that job already and not paying me for it no that makes sense yeah uh, the next reason on the list was for political reasons. I mean, we could do a, a series on this. We won't because it's not this podcast yeah. purview to talk about those things. Um, but I think a lot of people get exhausted and um, opt out. Yeah. Right? Um, if you don't feel like you can win one way or another, it's I'm just going to remove myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Um can be a little dangerous um, depending on where you go and how you want to go. Um, but it seems to be more and more common of folks saying, I'm much happier being removed from the circumstances of like the immediacy of like what was my American reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I have an old, um, someone I didn't necessarily work with. Uh, I think we knew of each other where we worked at and he's become a little bit of a LinkedIn uh, personality content creator. Interesting. Uh, Mainly for the, the, the Utah crowd. Right. Um, But he chose to take sabbatical somewhat recently and went to Italy to go take that sabbatical with his wife and his son and was just constantly making content. And I don't agree maybe 50% of the time with his content, right? But he makes great content. Um, He was just like, this is so much more relaxing. This is so much, I don't have to sit there and like constantly like be on my guard or like spinning around based off of what's happening in the America, this, that, and the other. Um, The Ukraine war broke out while he was there. So he decided to ditch Italy and he went to Romania to help like refugees and all that kind of stuff. Um, those are his choices. I support those choices, everything. But, uh, when he came back most, most recently from his sabbatical, he's like, you know what? Everyone sits there and tries to think that there's nothing that's broken outside of America when it comes to like first world or like more Western thinking things. He was like, nah, they argue over politics. They argue. They argue over sports. They argue what over what used to be easy to get and is now hard. This, that, and the other. But he's like, my observation is, they don't want to get to a point of 
dehumanizing each other over it is the only like thing that he could observe. Mm, yeah. He's like, I think everyone has these things and it's just gotten to a point here that it's a bit much. Right. Yeah. And so I can understand as we can relate to that there. Um, one of the things was easier to own property. I think it depends on the country you go to. Yeah. I think some countries, um, definitely don't let foreign citizens or foreign entities come and purchase uh, land in their countries, but I can also see how some would, right? And so for the ones that would, I could see how a dollar stretches pretty yeah. dang far, right? Right. I don't know. Um, do you ever get in your social media the, like, maybe on TikTok or Instagram, I can't remember what it was, and it's realtors that are just going into like show homes and most of them are in Texas and most of them are tiny little McMansions. No, we must, we're on different areas, right? Yeah. That's not my TikTok feed. Having lived in Texas for a time, they are doing tours of these monster houses in the most furthest away places from the general population of Texas. And they're like, Hey, look at this. $450,000 $450,000 home in McAllen, Texas. And you're like, wow, that's, that's gorgeous. That's only $450,000. Wow. I think a lot of people don't realize McAllen, Texas is down on the border of Mexico. There's a population that lives there, but it's not a Dallas level. It's not Austin. It's not San Antonio. It's not Houston level population. Right. And so it's just like the internet, it's consistently there. It feeds our generation. It makes our generation better is my overall belief. But yeah, we can be misled easily on the internet for sure as well. But I think, yeah, if you can go to Costa Rica, find something that you can actually go buy and it's amenable to you and your lifestyle and how you want to live and what you want to do. I could definitely see how majority of us have been priced out Yeah, here in America. Um, saw a headline just the other day that said Hawaii has had a decreasing population for years now. Oh no, why? Priced out of paradise is the term. Uh, that sucks because, you know, it's probably more leaned towards the native people that are getting pushed out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the people left's means that it's become <laughs> impossible to live there. So they got to go find a different place to live. No. All right, here we go. Uh, next, uh, people have a flair for traveling. I can imagine if I could go and put roots down or, or say, you know what, I'm going to go do three years in Switzerland. Yeah. Think of the, the options. The you just jump on a train and you could be here, you could be there, you could do this, you could see this, right? Yeah. So you can like hub yourself up for like success. Yes. If you have the travel bug. Right. If you were to hub anywhere, where would it be? I think Australia still. I think I'd want to be like right in Brisbane. Brisbane's your jam, huh? You haven't been to Melbourne? Haven't been to Perth? I don't don't really want to go. I want to go visit Perth and see the cute quackas, but I also don't want to be like on the other side of a very large continent from everything (laughs) else. (sighs) Fair enough. And then if you were there in Brisbane. Yeah. Where would you want to go from there? I think up and down, right? You're kind of like up and down. Just stay in Australia, really? I would love to continue staying there. We're talking like three years, right? Well, I want to live there forever, but like (laughs) we're talking about like optimizing for three years and you get to go to New Zealand, you get to go, you're a lot closer to all those islands you talked about. Mm -hmm. You're closer to Bali, you're closer to like China. I think since you're on the, like getting to Europe is Other side of the world relative to the US. Yes. Yeah. Yeah like we have an easier time getting to like Europe and everything. And so I, I feel like kind of been there, done that um, in some ways, always more to see. Yeah. But like for a whole new adventure, I think I would want to go do that for a while. So a lot of people are actually picking uh, the United Arab Emirates and Dubai specifically. Interesting. Um, I think my sister has a friend that moved there recently in the past like year or so. I don't know what the cost of living there is because it just seems out of sorts for what I want currently in my life. But I do know that um, do 
but it doesn't have income tax. Oh, interesting. For foreign nationals. Interesting. Wow. And so you can go now we'll talk about this in a minute, but um theoretically, you can go there, you can go make money and not pay a dime in tax. Yeah. That's crazy. You can go gamble in crypto. If you're super successful with it and may have a lot of upside, you don't have tax. That's why. So I can see how that's very like attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. And they're building quite a beautiful city out there. Like I I understand there's there's negatives out there as well, but it's quite amazing what's being built out there. And so a lot of digital nomads, a lot of um social media influencers of all things are going really? to Dubai. Right, successful ones that don't want to pay tax. That's a big major reason. Interesting. And then That's Dubai is a great jumping off point to quite a few Lots, areas, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Um, next, improved quality of living. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about that really quick. So yeah. why does that make sense to you? I think um, as I become more acquainted with like having to pay my own health insurance and health bills (laughs) and everything and like getting a little bit more in touch with the healthcare side of the industry that is I don't know healthcare in general I've been like more and more disenchanted by like the fact by many many things about that um and so I'm like why why do I pay month well sort of pay monthly for like something that I only end up paying more money to later but like it didn't even fix the problem and it's I don't know it's it's just been it's been some tough learnings on this and like I feel lucky enough that I'm I have been able to pay all my medical bills um sometimes it's taken a really long time but we've gotten there Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like not being able, which I'm sure is so many people's case, like not being able to afford that and just being like, sorry, like this is your, op- you, you have to pay it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna go send you to collections, put a lien on any th- asset that you have. Yeah. We're, we're going to get our money somehow. Right. Yeah. yeah. For something that's like not optional, not something you wanted to happen to you. It's just a, an outcome of living and it just feels unfair to yeah. me. Um, I think if you peruse anything on, on, on Reddit and it's anything about the current condition of America, you'll see many responses or comments back on Reddit of people being like, don't get sick in America. Don't. If, if you actually want to build any wealth here because it will sink you. Yeah. I had a single... Not even overnight hospital visit cost me $10,000. Yep. And that is crazy to me. And they didn't even get to the root of the problem. <laughs> Not one bit, right? No. And so you you actually nailed it on the head. I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very surprised when it comes to um, that particular scenario where they're like, oh, I would like to uh, have an improved quality of living. Healthcare was the number one reason. Yeah. They're like moving, they're like, when you're considering expatriating, moving to a a country or a community where the healthcare is better is becoming more and more prominent. Um, There's many, there are many countries that, granted, multiple sides to every story. I think there are certain people that have negatives to a little bit more of a social healthcare outcome mm-hmm. than positives. Yeah. But it just, it, it boggles my human reality to hear that someone's like, yeah, got in a car accident, went to the hospital, walked in, got treated by like first class healthcare, walked out, didn't cost me a penny. You, the, back to the ferry in Australia, we heard the most beautiful love story that's ever existed and I go tell, go ahead. I'm going to have a drink. I won't tell the whole story because <laughs> I will cry and it'll take a minute. But a theme, theme throughout the story was the, um, one of the lovers had a brain-eating bacteria, flesh-eating bacteria in her brain. 
um, which was causing all sorts of problems, and she thought she was going to die. And at the very end, they they told us they were, like, kind of bringing up the healthcare in America situation. Like, yeah, it was over $100,000 Australian, so I, I can't, I don't know what that is for us. Top of my head, like um, 80, 75. It, yeah, seven. 75 to 85,000. The, the dollar's fallen off a little bit yeah. lately. Which is still, to me, I was like, it was only that much for you. Like, I can't even imagine what issue she was in the hospital for months and months and months. And then she was like, yep, and we did not have to pay a penny of it. Like, that's what our healthcare is like here. And I was like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I want to pass a law that you can't make an American TV show uh, with a healthcare theme and not post the bill at the end of the show. Like House, Grey's Anatomy, ER. I want to know what those American bills are like for the drama that they create for the 23 minutes of content. You want to cost the services rendered? Absolutely. <laughs> These fiction shows. I, I want to know how they're like absolutely <laughs> sinking these fictional characters into un- insurmountable debt. <laughs> Chris, I love it. We should see if somebody has like a blog or something where they do that. Would love to see it. Just, just make it healthy. If you're gonna enjoy the drama of it all, let, let's bring in the reality that like a house episode would probably cost a patient eight hundred grand. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. The- and and. Six years of fighting their insurance to pay some of it. Yes, I have. So I work for a a healthcare adjacent company and the founder's story, he's very public with it. Mm -hmm. He he founded the company because he spent over a year and like, I don't know, a lot of hours, a lot of hours, like navigating the the system, trying to navigate the system for like, it was an over a million dollar bill he had after like a health incident. And he was just like, healthcare should never be this complicated for people. So that's why he founded the company, um, which I think is very admirable. But like, that shows you it took a very, it's a very, he's a very, very smart man, um, being unable to like fathom how he got to this point and what could be done about it and like the confusion. And he was, yeah. A confusion of like trying to pay a bill what do you really owe is this the last time insurance is going to kick in and adjust this how do i pay this bill are there like installments i can pay in like can you even imagine yeah and or i would say aspirin cost 15 dollars. the overall average of an american health care experience is is high right you have very well educated people um hopefully paying attention and giving you the the correct care and treatment that you need for the thing that you have, yeah. like on on average, I would hope that this is everyone's experience. I know yeah. there's many that aren't, um, and so not saying that every country's healthcare system is as adequate or as high probability to be able to like treat. However, there are many first world countries. Yeah, that can absolutely deliver the same critical care Mm -hmm. the same preventative care and it's not financially crippling yeah to the people that can that are able to consume that system yeah right okay last reason and probably the reason that appeals most to millennials that find themselves in this circumstance yes if you are a remote worker yes why not take advantage why of it? Why not take... I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like, the tax codes for your individual companies. But, like, seriously, why not? If your company allows you to work anywhere in the world, why would you not? There's, like, a few logistical things to work out, but, like, especially... We've talked about the millennial kind of lifestyle. So many less of us are having kids. So many less of us have houses. Like, how it, that just makes things logistically so much easier to pack up and move or try something else different Mm -hmm. for a while now i might bum some people out here okay because i fully agree with that i think for the most for me for the most part like if there was dollar savings that's awesome but it's if i'm gonna work remotely and do moderately what a nine to five is Mm -hmm. obviously that's squishy depending on what workloads are and things like Mm -hmm. that 
But it's like, why wouldn't I want to go experience something different right? with my free time? Exactly. If I could help it, right? Yeah. Like, would you rather <laughs> do nine to five and then, like, be in the same unwalkable city you've been in for the last 12 years? Or do you want to do a nine to five and be able to, like, go out and see something you've never seen before? Or, like, walk to get your groceries and yeah, I, experience I, a different community? I think it's a lot of choice for people. Yeah. Um, I think some people would actually like to live a little bit further out and be able to maybe enjoy more peace and space mm, yeah. and maybe hobbies that come with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to go walk around Rome in the evening and yeah. once you're done with your work and that type of stuff, right? Yeah. So here's the, here's a little bit of a bummer. Okay. Oh, Chris. Well, it sounds really promising. Yeah. Well, it sounds kind of nice Yeah. Uh, to expatriate. And as Americans, that's all I can think of as the origin. Mm-hmm. There are very, very, very few. It's a little, it's a little gray. Like I can't get all the facts when I was looking into it. There are very, very, very few countries in this world that tax their expatriated citizens. So, for instance, if you were, uh, if you were from Norway, yeah, and you said, you know what, I'm gonna go spend some time in Thailand. I'm still going to be working, doing this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. The Norwegian government doesn't expect a single dime of tax from you. Because your address is no longer there. That's correct. In okay. spite of being a Norwegian citizen, you haven't renounced your citizenship. Yeah. Right? So there are two known countries and then two like little squishy, I can't get all the details of it. Yeah. And so the two squishy ones... uh Regardless of where you are, regardless of where you're generating income, China yeah. and North Korea okay. still, um, this is squishy, like it's not noted, yeah. still uh, potentially will require you to pay uh, nationalized taxes like you were living there. Gotcha. Two known ones yeah. are a country in... Eastern Africa, Eritrea, I can't say it. Okay. Uh, Eritrea, I believe is the name of it. And the United States are the only two absolutely known countries that tax <laughs> any income derived from any place, any destination, as if it was normalized income that you earned in the country itself so you're saying if other people in other countries go to bali they just don't have to pay a dime of taxes if we were to go to bali we would not owe the you, thailand bali is in thailand right uh i don't know if bali is in bali might be in micronesia i i don't okay. know you owe it's bali sovereign somehow any money but you would still owe the united states tax if you still had your citizenship that is correct so you would have to go get a different oh and so a, a retreat yeah. Yeah. has a 2% f- flat tax. Oh, okay. America, you fall into the normalized AGI of it all. And so you can go make money anywhere. But if it's recognized that it was associated to you, it falls into just normalized income where the highest personal tax rates are 39.6%. Yikes. Right? Yeah. And so I'm not telling anyone not to expatriate. I just want to give you all that additional little fact there as well of just because you leave doesn't mean you don't get taxed as an American. Unless you give up your Gotta feed the beast. Gotta feed the beast. And so there are other countries that actually say if you renounce your citizenship, there is an exit tax. Um, may or may not be worth it to you. Like it's obviously, you know, consult professionals for sure. But like um, Spain, the Netherlands, uh, a handful of other countries have what is called an exit tax. And so it's like you can't sit there and generate all of this potential income. So for for Netherlands, for that instance, they have a um, they have a pension plan that is. Um, So you can work, you can work and you work and then you obviously are in that social program. That is their pension there. And in order for them to like not lose out on 
taxable income and have people just all leave the Netherlands right as they take their their pension, they have an exit tax in order to prevent that behavior and elsewhere. And so uh, the what was it? The the co-founder of Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I believe he went to South America somewhere. I couldn't tell you where. And he renounced his citizenship uh, for the U.S. Mark Zuckerberg? No, uh, the the co-founder that was the there towards Winkle the beginning. Voss twins? No, he stole it from the Winklevoss <laughs> no. twins. He had a buddy that helped him. <laughs> Watch that movie in too long. And then Sheryl Sandberg, obviously. So like the handful of them. But yeah, he renounced his citizenship. He's probably in Costa Rica or something like that, right? You got to feed the beast as an American citizen. And so um, obviously there's there's professionals that can help you with all of that and try to figure out how to optimize all of that. But I just want to make people aware that expatriating isn't the sweetest sounding answer, right? Yeah. So again, let me reiterate. Everyone do what's best for you. Do your research. Think about the things around you. Think about the things that make you happy. Think about the things that you want in this life. But it seems more and more to me, and only me, I won't speak for anyone else, that opting out is seems to be more and more an answer instead of trying to face and fight the things that you disagree with here in America. And so where I encourage everyone to go use the system that's available to us today in our democracy, whether you believe or not that it works, that's for you to go decide. But I think that our generation and the generation after us are potentially uh, the most power we have is not our vote. It's how and where we spend our money. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. And so I try to keep it very light. I try to keep (laughs) a lot of my opinions and feelings out of this, everyone. I appreciate you coming along for the ride. Um, I'm happy to talk about this stuff with folks, but this is not the place that I want to do that because this is not what... Julian and I wanted to create this platform. So you did a wonderful job, Chris. Any thoughts about expatriating? No, Cheech? I thought that was very interesting to see it come from so many different angles. Um, also very interesting to learn about the taxation thing. Didn't know that. So thank you so much for <laughs> taking on a heavier topic and for like walking us through it all together. That was great, Chris. Oh, thank you very much. The more, you know, the better it is. Wonderful. We will be back. We're going to try to do weekly again. We're going to do our best to try to do weekly again. Thank you everyone for being patient with us. Um, We are moving somewhat soon. So we might be a little inconsistent, but we'll try to come back. We appreciate those people that listen. We recognize that a lot of you all are repeats and appreciate you keeping coming back and listening to us. We really do. Thank you so much. All right. With that, we will see everyone next time. Bye. Bye.